you know, for, for those who are not aware, yesterday was a Sala Puja that's, uh, you know, called also the Dhamma Day. And that's the day when the Buddhist monastics enter the so-called uh, rains retreat. That means that uh, we are not traveling for three months. And if we do need to travel, we can't stay away from our place for more than six nights. And that was, um, you know, that was a, a rule or a regulation which the Buddha came up with because in Asia at this time, there was a lot of rain, of course, and the fields were very soft and the monastics weren't allowed, you know, to kind of walk over those fields and make damage, you know, to the crops. So that's why they were supposed to stay put for three months. And we are still observing that um, rains retreat, even, you know, we don't have a lot of rain here during that time. And uh, on this day, this is also the day where the Buddha has been teaching, you know, his first teaching, which is called the Dhamma Chaka Pavatana Sutta, And in English, it means, you know, setting in motion the wheel of the Dhamma. That was his first teaching, which he gave in the deer park in Saranath to his, to the first five uh, disciples of his. They were originally friends of him with whom he practiced. And then uh, later on, you know, he taught that teaching. And that was when the first time... uh, someone really understood the, his insights and uh, one of those five uh, disciples became what became a stream entrer at that time so had had a first insight into the into emptiness or into uh, the three characteristics so it's a particular day and an important day in that sense And, you know, this teaching still has so much value this day. Even, you know, the Buddha was teaching at Iron Age India about over 2,500 years ago. And still today, this teaching is completely applicable if we are, you know, using the essence of the teaching and then relating it to our current uh, contemporary circumstances. It is has the complete capacity to be as valid and as liberating as it was 2,600 years ago. And, you know, at this time in, in the history of, of Homo sapiens, we are in a particular time, you know, where we are shaken up, you know, by what's happening on our planet and how the repercussions, you know, of that are starting to, you know, erode some of the systems you know we have been building over the last hundreds of years in the way how we are organizing our societies how we are organizing our lives we are starting to notice you know that uh, we can't go on forever in this way those systems they are also impermanent just like everything else and we are kind of invited you know to look really deeply and doing this reconnective work, you know, reconnecting again with nature. 
because over the last few hundred years, we have somehow, you know, been operating under the delusion that we can be masters of nature. And that was like part and parcel of the development stage, you know, we were on as a species, but it turns out, you know, that this is actually not true. We can never be masters of nature because we are simply part of nature. And we are now collectively waking up to that truth. And the earth supports this waking up by, you know, by pushing us through wildfires and floods and all the things, you know, which are happening. The earth is pushing us to look deeply into our own understanding and to do this reconnective work of acknowledging that through having these human bodies, these mammalian bodies, we are part of nature. And, you know, and these meetings here on Wednesdays is, is an opportunity, you know, to learn some skills to deeply sense into our roots. You know, our roots are not like the roots of trees because we can't really see them, but they are energetic roots. And we are constantly, you know, exchanging with our environment through eating and drinking, sweating, crying, going to the bathroom, being born and die. So the, we have very, very deep, deep roots in this planet but it somehow escapes us because they are not visible with the eyes. But when we start reflecting on our lives, we start to notice, yes, this is absolutely true. So, you know, we have to really acknowledge and meet the barriers and edges for intimacy with nature so that we become more conscious of the way things truly are. And also noticing what the world needs right now. And what the world needs right now is a willingness, you know, to stand on this threshold of new ways of being in the world. And letting go of these conditioned assumptions of mastery. And recondition our minds through new and deeper ways of looking at ourselves and at our lives. And kind of updating our perception. Just, you know, letting go of these old stories and allowing a new narrative to emerge into consciousness. And in order for this new narrative to emerge, we have to consciously you know kind of working on removing the barriers and the barriers are simply you know the old conditioning which we have received from our culture from our parents from our upbringing from the schooling which was appropriate you know at that time but now it's uh, time is running out we can no longer hold on to this and uh, 
I'm sure, you know, many of you have heard about the Noble Eightfold Path. This is what the Buddha was teaching, you know, in the Dhammachaka Pavatana Sutta. He was teaching about the Four Noble Truths and the Noble Eightfold Path. And the beginning of the Noble Eightfold Path is right view, Samaditi in Pali. And if we do have right view, the path comes into view. And right view, you know, is defined as understanding the Four Noble Truths. And the first of the Four Noble Truths is there is suffering, which means, you know, there is difficulties in life. And in order to really work with those difficulties and integrate them and understand them, we have to, you know, draw close to the difficulties, to stand under them, you know, to be willing to really feel and then relate that to the contemporary situation of our lives because we are waking up inside of the now, of the here and now. We can't go back, you know, to the old times. But we can relate everything what's happening to the contemporary challenges. And if we are willing to do that, then, you know, right intention can be cultivated. And right intention is the second uh, element of the Noble Eightfold Path sometimes also translated as right thought, right aim, or right purpose. And the definition of right intention is renunciation, so letting go of being constantly driven, you know, by sensual desire, investigating and letting go of that non-ill will and non-cruelty. So that's the definition of uh, right intention. Renunciation non-ill will and non-cruelty. And, you know, and if we look at these three guidelines and relate it to what the planet is showing us, I think it's, it's very clear, you know, that we need, to def- we need to find ways of understanding what is needed at this time if we want to practice renunciation, non-ill will and non-cruelty. And not doing that by thinking about it, by really sensing into it. Because there's a, there's a difference between sensefulness to really make sense out of something rather than meaningfulness. Your meaningfulness is more like a work of the mind, you know, thinking our way through it, which doesn't work. But it's by really sensing and making ourselves available for connecting with our roots. That's the way forward, to kind of stepping out from the mind into a direct perception, a direct sensing of what is happening. Because our bodies are instruments which deeply are, you know, which are part of the planet itself. And through the fact, you know, that the planet and the bodies are of the same nature, we can connect with what's happening all around us and 
out of that deep connection, our perception about who we are will be changed. And if there is a different self-understanding, then the solutions which we become clear will be much more in tune with what is needed. So no longer, you know, splitting off the energy into the head and sinking and sinking and sinking, you know, within the old conditioned patterns, but stepping into a clear connection with what is happening through sensing into our bodies, which means, you know, being really here and now with what is which is a body sitting and breathing in and breathing out. And whenever the mind, you know, wanders off into trying to make a story out of it, bring it back. So that's, you know, right view and right thought or right intention. And if we are bringing that into our practice, then the path opens up by itself, inwardly and outwardly. Because the Dharma really, you know, wants to be realized. And realizing Dharma is through direct experience. Direct experience of what's happening here and now. And part of that experience is you know, what is the, what the planet is uh, right now giving us in terms of feedback and the fact that our bodies are part of it. So, you know, to come into increasing coherence through being willing to digest, you know, in our own experience what is happening rather than turning away from it. And then integrating that into our lives. So, you know, let us uh, start now with a, a guided meditation. Where we are really trying to sense together. And starting with a, a short uh, screenshot of our inner state, you know, what are you bringing to this meeting today? How are you? How stressed are you right now, if at all? We're checking the, how are you in the body? Emotions and the mind. And we don't have to work hard, we just need to be here and, you know, getting back to the beginning before. You know, the mind is lost in thinking. 
and allowing your breath to take you into the body. And letting your nervous system guide you. You know, building the capacity to connect with ourselves and through that with the planet itself. Building that connective tissue through training it, training the capacity. So, you know, uh, an attunement which is a prerequisite, you know, for healing ourselves and our world. An attunement in the sense, you know, what's really needed right now at a time, you know, when the planet cries out for us to listen. Because, you know, we can't know everything because we are not special. We are not a special species. But we can connect with the biointelligence of this living planet. That is so much older and larger than our human intelligence. You know, by simply changing our perception of, you know, thinking we are on the planet, walking around separate beings, if we change the perception, those capacities are going to come online. So just getting in touch with the sense of your body. You know, sensing the weight on the cushion, on the chair. And the gravity which pulls as towards the soil, even, you know, if you're up on the 10th floor in a building, there is still the soil underneath the building. Just allowing your 
consciousness to sense into that. And just noticing, you know, is that easy for you or maybe not so easy? Don't push. Just respecting how the mind responds. There's a long, long lineage of ancestors which connects us to the development of this planet. Much more than human affair. The soil you know, is made up by human ancestors, animal ancestors, plant ancestors, mineral ancestors. And we are literally, you know, emerged out of this planet through our mothers. And these bodies are built out of the same elements as the planet itself. So if we are opening to this wider context, a new perception of who we are can grow. It's an attunement, an adjustment, which is what's happening right now, you know, in human consciousness on this planet, that this perception is starting to emerge into the mainstream because it's time for it. Because if we don't, you know, make that shift, then our species is most likely not able to continue living here. Because it has become so widespread on the planet that the repercussion of this unattuned living are such, you know, that we we are destroying a lot of our own. living space, the soils, the water, the oceans, the air. We have had such vast impact that we are now endangering our own situation. And there is a way out, but it must be based on a new narrative about who we are. We can't sink our way out from the old narrative. We need to drop deeper. And 
And you know, that's what's meant with uh, sensing as opposed to trying to find meaning. Sensefulness rather than meaningfulness. That's what's needed right now because we can't think our way out. We have to sense our way through, the, through this. You know, sensing into the roots of who we truly are and responding from that. And, you know, if we are sensing into our roots, we are connected with this huge network of ancestors from a long, long time ago. A living field of life. You know, which is constantly in motion and constantly evolving and changing. It's a process. And we can, you know, tune into this uh, data flow. At the base of, of this body of ours is this vast field of life. And we are not separate from it. And you know, if we are willing to relinquish mastery, renounce mastery, then we can actually team up with that intelligence, which we are embedded in since the very first moment, you know, when we were born, but we just didn't notice it. Because nobody told us so because it wasn't part of what you know our civilization was really talking about or cherishing or teaching us it was still not the time there were some people you know some of the indigenous tribes who still have protected that knowledge but in our culture the western culture has lost a lot of that because it was focusing on other things, it was focusing on technology and science more, and also made a lot of great contributions. But something got lost, something very important got lost. 
And now we need to come back into balance if we want to continue to be here. And in particular, also, you know, our duty towards future generations, protecting what is left and regenerate. For all of those who come after us, And if you're bringing up that uh, thought, you know, all of those who come after us, may they be free from harm. May they be happy. So just noticing, you know, what that brings up in you as you think this thought. All of the beings, you know, who come after us. Maybe, you know, you have grandchildren or godchildren. And I can think about the family retreat at Spirit Rock. All of those beings, not only humans, they depend on us. Just as we have depended on our parents and they on their own and the whole lineage of ancestors going back in vast deep time. And we are standing on the shoulders of our forebears We are not responsible to rescue humankind, but it's important for us to be able to understand what is at stake. To really stand under that. and allow it to be metabolized, the discomfort of that. But this is something we can consciously cultivate. 
and that's you know what uh, the purpose is for these uh, Wednesday meetings to you know have a group of people uh, a vessel for this information you know to be received and to have the support of others in the group you know to be able to allow it to do its work the discomfort and the joy of reconnecting in this way. And, you know, breathing into it. And just creating a little bit more space around it. the felt sense of that uh, truth, you know, that we are part of the earth and we can attune to that. And sensing into the body, where do you, you know, where there are sensations that you can really feel as you are allowing that to become conscious.
So connecting, you know, with the wisdom we already hold inside. And we just don't use because we are trained by our culture to think ourselves as separate from the planet. And, you know, as we are doing this practice, it starts to open up as we are engaging it. You know, as it said, that the path is made by walking. The next step, the next step is unfolding as we are engaging the practice. Because it's a new way of perception which is trained and it's, You know, like learning to walk as a, as a little toddler. It's going to happen, you know, because it's part of our true capacity. But we need to engage it for, for, order for it to come online, to be realized. We need to live from that place. which means, you know, coming back to it over and over again. As the mind, you know, wants to wander off into meaning-making, into thinking. Just bring it back to sensefulness rather than meaningfulness. And this sensing you know, enables us to be part of the team, team planet Earth, basically. Just breathing into the body, into all of the more dense parts, the stuck parts, and allowing just a little bit more space. As a service, you know, for all of us, you know, as we are on this threshold of a new way of understanding who we are and what is asked of us.
you know, as we are bringing these very ancient teachings into the third millennium with these very big uh, challenges. And we have all of the ancestors behind us, you know, backing us up as we are walking into an uncertain future. And it has always been uncertain, but the stakes are very high at this time. And really asking ourselves, what would we like to do with our lives? You know, the remaining breaths we have. What do we want to move inside of this process we call planet Earth? What do we want to support? And at the same time, you know, this service of ours is also helping us as individuals, you know, to develop more wisdom and compassion. Because our path isn't separate from what's happening right now in the world. It's deeply intertwined.
So you know, with every breath, as we are breathing in, we can allow that recognition of deep interconnectedness with everything else. You know, allow that perception to spread out through your being and with the out-breath relaxing into the spaciousness. So, you know, through our roots, we are allowing that perception to fill us. And uh, with the out we are relaxing with it, growing into a deeper and wider perception of who we are at this time. Not by, by thinking about it, but just sensing that. That's the most effective avenue, you know, for allowing this new perception to become integrated into our being. And then this new perception will take care of responding in a way which is much more attuned to what's really needed right now. Being willing to, you know, listen and learn rather than thinking we know already everything. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.